Okay, well, good morning and welcome to Sunday School. All right, so just a little, uh, little heads up as to what we're going to be doing uh, from here on out uh, is we have decided to um, continue our look at Ecclesiastes. I'm going to talk a little more about that in just a second, uh, but that gives me three weeks. I know today I really only have about 20, 25 minutes <clears throat> to do a little introduction of what I want to do in my remaining three weeks. Um, I, and I'll, I'll be very forthcoming with you. Uh, there really is, um, there's only, uh, it, it's not that hard to get to the heart of the study in Ecclesiastes. And I think you've probably noticed that uh, in listening to Brian walk through it, that as it goes through, it really is saying the same thing pretty much over and over again. And a lot of people think that it's a depressing something, uh, but it's not. It's a, it's a moment of extraordinary uh, realism, I would argue. Um, one of the things that I feel like I came up against in some of the uh, living with 25 years in a very secular environment called the college campus, and don't get me wrong, Ole Miss was not quite as secular as others were uh, in, in, who'd been other places, but you live in that world for a while and you begin to hear and sort of absorb from the culture around you uh, what the objections are to Christianity's validity. Uh, and more so, not so much the things that they've fought through and here's my objection to Christianity, uh, but very much so um, the reasons why they won't even give it a listen. In other words, what you have is you have certain problems that people have that they've not discovered in Christianity, but problems that keep them from thinking that the question is worth asking. Does that make sense? And the book of Ecclesiastes, I would argue, is pretty extraordinary about showing people that this is not a pie-in-the-sky religion, that this religion actually knows very much what to do with pain, it knows what to do with the pursuit of life, it knows what to do with frustration. And so what I wanted to do, and it's only going to take me uh, three weeks, I'm going to run out of material myself, um, is to try to look at this question uh, this uh, 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 whole uh, idea that Brian presented to you of how the writer of Ecclesiastes uh, frames our struggle to be happy in life and our struggle to find joy in life, uh, our struggle to look for pleasure somewhere and how that relates to our uh, connection with it. And so I want to try to bring you into the existential moment this morning by way of introduction. I only have like 20 minutes or so, so I really have to only do uh, an introduction. And this week while I was doing some preparation, I, again, I mean, I, I don't claim this to be, this may completely bomb. I want to go ahead and preface this by saying this. But I have, at any given moment, I have music going on in my head. Uh, I think that one day when my brain gets opened up and maybe God explains it to me in heaven, I think I have whatever that gene is that causes certain tunes to really wrap themselves around my cerebellum and not let me go. Like if somebody starts like a simple tune, when my kids were little and that Barney dinosaur thing, <laughs> merciless those little tunes. I could not get them out of my head. Um, but I've always got songs going in. And this week, a song from a while back literally popped into my head. I hadn't thought about it in years. But as I rehearsed the lyrics to this song, I was like, man, that's exactly what the writer of Ecclesiastes is saying. In other words, we can, Brian and I can sort of introduce to you the fundamental premise of Ecclesiastes. But I think that the message of Ecclesiastes is one of the hardest biblical ideas to appropriate into your life. How do I function in the midst of, of sadness, in the midst of a life that should be satisfying me but does not? 
especially when I try to go to uh, worldly answers outside of an acknowledgement of eternal things. What do I do in the midst of that? How does that feel? And every now and then what you find is our culture, because we live in a context of common grace, where the Holy Spirit is dispensing his gifts to Christians and non-Christians alike. You do realize this, don't you? The Holy Spirit is giving insights of wisdom and, and, and uh, 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 smarts, uh, solutions to people, whether they follow Jesus or not. And so we, as God's people, can see those fingerprints that those people have discovered uh, and realize, man, they don't even realize how true they're being right now. So this is a song that I listened to, started listening to it about 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago, uh, when I was going through a bit of a, a folk music phase. There's a whole sort of genre of kind of singer, songwriter, folk artist, kind of in the, in the, uh, uh, the line of, um, of a James Taylor, uh, Carol King, uh, some of the other great uh, singer songwriters that came up out of the 60s. Um, and in the late 80s, early 90s, they began to have a little bit of a mini, they had a moment in the early 90s, if you will. And what they did was they would have these little retreats that they would go and exchange some of their music. And I began to realize that folk artists are truly uh, amazing because of their ability to tell stories. And the best folk artists are the ones who tell stories as they sing. Well, one of those artists that showed up at one of these retreats is a fairly obscure guy. I barely know anything else that he ever did because he was on kind of a compilation album by the name of Bill Morrissey, okay? Simple sort of folk musician, but in his, uh, and I can't remember the name of the album, but he's got a song called Birches that I want to play for you this morning. And I'm going to scroll through the lyrics as it plays, and then I want to hear the impression that the song makes on you uh, uh, lyrically, okay? And I've got, them, I've got them written out, so you'll be able to read as you're listening. It's a delightfully pleasant song. Uh, but let me set the scene for you. Uh, it's late at night, and there's an elderly couple sitting together in their den. But it's bedtime, and it's time for things to sort of start shutting down in life. And what I want you to be looking for and listening for uh, is what the writer of Ecclesiastes might say about this. I've actually got some specific questions I want to ask you. Again, I'm a little nervous that something that sounds like a great idea on a Tuesday bombs on a Sunday morning. But that's okay. That's all right, because we're all free here, aren't we? We're free to fail, free to be whatever. So uh, this is Bill Morrissey uh, in Birches. So uh, Randall, go ahead and hit the song here and let us nice and loud so we can hear it. All right. See what I mean? How, how these artists, they, 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 they tell stories when they, when they sing. All right. So tell me what you got. Uh, first of all, what, what is the story happening? So you got an elderly couple that's sitting down. What, what exactly is happening in the midst of it? Someone's tired, right? Warren. Is there a Warren? Oh, do we have a Warren in the church? I couldn't remember if we got a Warren that came in. Warren's tired. He's ready to go to bed. And what's the conversation about? Yeah, it's cold, and they're trying to figure out how to heat the house. Presumably, they've got a little potbelly stove, right, that you sort of used to burn. I, I, I grew up going to a hunting camp that, uh, in Potts Camp, Mississippi, of all places, that had a potbelly stove in the middle of it. That was how it was heated. And those things are amazing, by the way. Uh, but you had to make sure before you went to bed that you had it loaded up sufficiently so you didn't get cold in the middle of the night. All right? So what's the, converse, what's the disagreement between the two of them that happens? Okay, so you got oak on the one hand or birch on the other, okay? And they have this discussion, right? So, but she, she, what is she, what is she going through? Tell me what it is that she wants to do. Why is she asking, um, 
Um, yeah, right there. Hold on, hold on. Say that. Say that again. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's, some, there's, something, there's something different that she's wanting. Like, I don't know, maybe just for tonight. Uh, you know, she's like, it's been so long. You know, sit, sit and visit with me for a little while. She wants to have a little visit with something that just that burns a little, a little hotter, a little, a little brighter. But of course, sensible Warren, right? He looks and he's kind of like, you got to be kidding me, right? On a winter's night? No, no, no. Oak is much better for that. Put the oak in the fire and it'll burn, it'll burn all night long. We'll be fine. You're the one who doesn't like a cold house either, right? And of course, then she, she acqui acquiesces. You don't like a cold house, right? All right, all right. That's true. So it was just a thought. <laughs> the, the, the timing of that, that lyric, by the way, is genius. Uh, maybe you should go up to bed. I'll take care of the wood tonight. He's like, oak. And she's like, oak. <laughs> they have to sort of agree on it one more time. And a million people have had this conversation, right? Okay, so explain this to me. What does she do? Does that make sense? If you don't know sort of what birchwood looks like, it is just white on the outside. It's got the small little black stripes, but it's white. Climbs up with four logs, each as white as a wedding dress. So, you know, she, she disobeyed, right? <laughs> I'm kidding, that's a joke. Um, she goes in, and all of a sudden she has this moment, right? Like, what, what, what is this about? I really do mean this. What, what is this about for her? Imagine it. It's a piece of art. So you can let it mean whatever you want it to mean to you. Of what? Yeah. Something about being younger. And what does that mean? What, what, what is it, that, what, what is it that, 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 imagine what it is that she's remembering. A honeymoon could have been it. Yeah, she talks about that in the next verse, right? But I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's entirely sort of that romantical, is it? Yeah, that you look back and you're like, oh, the memories that I had. And, and, and those memories are still warm and they're still good and something I still enjoy going back to. Um, but what's she dancing for? She's in a moment. She just wants to enjoy the fact that like, you know what? Time is short. <laughs> My time is short. And so, but you know what? I got these birches and I know they're going to burn out quick, but I just, I just want to have... I just want to have a moment right here. I love that. Fills the room with hungry light as it cracked the drew air and the shadows dance a jittery waltz like no one else was there. She's enamored for a moment. She's been caught up sort of in a moment, right? Um, that's it. Yeah, I think that's really close. She said it sounds like, Steve said it sounds like she's kind of tired of living everything kind of planned. You know, and, and, and maybe, just, maybe just a little recklessness, just this once. You know, maybe something that's going to burn brighter and hotter and faster. Or do you go with the long haul where it's safe and careful? Right? I mean, that, that I think is where she is. And she's living sort of in the, in the background of that. Right? So tell me how she, tell me how, what, what, what it ends. T tell me what, what, what she, what's her conclusion at the end? I love the image of her kind of curled up. She's got a blanket around her. She's curled up with her, with her glass. You know, she's sitting there by her own. She's still watching the, the light as it dances on the walls, right? Oop, it went, went to the next one. Hold it, come back. You're supposed to change. Did we go to the wrong one? How did that happen? Come back, come back, come back. 
Ah, there we go, there we go. Yeah, tell me what's happening here, though. <laughs> the, the last two stands are what, start with, and she knew the time would be short. Give me the moral of that story that, as she's encountering it right there. Yeah, but, but let me ask you a question. But do you think that she despises the life she has with her husband? What, what does she mean when she says she thought of heat, she thought of time, she called it an even trade? Yeah. Is, is, it a, is it a story of birches versus oak? I don't think so. I don't, I, again, when I was in, well, how old would I have been in the early 1990s to listen to this? Kind of in my mid to late 20s? Um, I didn't understand this song at all. When I pulled it back out on Tuesday, I cried in my office. <laughs> okay? D -d -bear, bear with me for a moment. Why? Because what is she doing? She's sitting there for a moment and she realizes that there was those moments in life that burned up, that were flashy, that were sort of amazing. But at the same time, you're right. I don't know that she knows that she would have gotten there without the long steady. And they were just different. He was the long steady, super sensible. She's the one who's like, she just wanted a little something in life. But then she looks back and she's sitting there and she sort of measures it all in and she thinks of heat what she wanted. She wanted the heat, but she also thinks of time. She needed the time and she's glad for the time. So you know what? I'll call it even. And she goes to <laughs> stop it because I'm losing it too. What happens is, is she suddenly gets a sense of those two things of, did I fulfill the wishes that I wanted in life? Did I get to where I wanted to be? You know what? It's okay. I'll call it an even trade. And I think she goes to bed and sleeps that night. Well, I think she does because she had her moment. Maybe she got cold. Maybe she found another piece of oak. I don't know how, how it ha happens. But do you see what she, do you, do, do, can you enter into her existential moment? Because here's my question for you. Is this a happy song or a sad song? <laughs> Tell me why it's both. It is sweet. I agree. It's sweet. That's, that's right. That's right. Getting her side, getting her side, seeing the world through her eyes. Warren should have stayed up, shouldn't he? Have? Come on, Warren. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure. And, and you know, I mean, let's, let's give Warren the benefit of the doubt. I mean, he does sometimes. Just this time, he was, he was just a little bit tired this time. We're not going to beat up on Warren, are we? That's right. <laughs> Matt is an old wet hen because it's freezing in the house. I knew she'd put Birch in there. That's exactly right. But here's the funny thing. I, this is what I keep going back to. Um, yeah, I, like... I don't know that Warren is necessarily the bad guy here. If Warren would have stuck around, I kind of feel like he would have ruined the moment. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I feel that way. That's right. That, that's exactly why right. she was like, no, no, no. Why don't you, you go on. You know, you're tired. 
You look tired. Go and have, go and have your moment. Yeah, she did ask. She invited, she invited him in. But, I mean, how long have they been married? I, I, it, watching this thing, I feel like 50 years, 60 years, who knows how long they've been together. And you know what it's like to grow in familiarity with somebody over that amount of time? It, 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 you, just, you, you come to these finalities in yourself. You come to these finalities in your partner. You realize that between the two of you, you've, had, you've got so much water under the bridge that you're just like, I do love the things that they brought me. You know what? I, I thought of light. I thought of time. He gave me the time. I'm glad for that. But, I, but also just, I needed one night, just one night of heat, one night of light to see these sort of things dancing on the thing. And you know what? I'm going to call it even. I call it an even trade. I, I am, I, I absolutely love this whole thing. But what it occurred to me was, I think the book of Ecclesiastes sort of meets us here. Wow, I'm already out of time. Okay, this worked perfectly. Um, Y'all did better than I thought you would do. I do think that there are oftentimes two responses that this generation would give to the song Birches. The first one uh, would be people that would be sort of, um, um, you know, a, a dude response to it. Let's take, let's take Team Warren for a second, okay? Who might look at this story and be kind of like, it's not a problem here. I mean, she disobeyed, <laughs> I mean, had she, had she figured out what had gone on, they wouldn't be cold in the middle of the night, right? There's a certain type of personality that looks at Ecclesiastes the same way. Just tell me what the moral of the story is. Just fill, could you fill in the blanks for me? What's the lesson I'm supposed to go home with? And Ecclesiastes kind of defies that, that tendency, doesn't it, in a weird way? Because it throws in statements that don't seem to make sense. The other type, I think, is sort of, you know, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a, a generational female answer that's kind of like, good grief. How much happier would she be without that man? She should leave him, literally. She should get out. She could get out while the getting's good, right? She's still got a little bit of life in her. Go out and live that life. But here's my point. My premise is, is in, in the next two weeks, we're about to go to our vote here in just a couple minutes. <clears throat> I think that those two kinds of reactions to the book of Ecclesiastes show that we really don't understand its message. That, that when we, but, but yet this lady, I think, has come to learn it the hard way the difficult way, the life way. She sees it, it's out there. And so what I wanna do over the next couple of weeks is to try to do just a brief excursus on what the writer of Ecclesiastes says about the pursuit of joy, about the pursuit of happiness, about the desire for some thrills, um, for just some fun. In other words, the things that you and I tend to think about that make life worth living. That's what we live for. Everybody's working for the weekend, we were instructed in the 1980s by some band. Everybody's working. Who is that? Who? Lover boy. Steve. <laughs> if you wondered why you're an officer in this church, that's the reason why. <laughs> that you pulled lover boy out of the hat is amazing. Because look, here's what the writer of Ecclesiastes is going to do. The writer of Ecclesiastes, and Brian mentioned this at the very beginning of the study, he's not a... We, we, oftentimes you have him translate as the teacher, but he's not really a teacher in that particular regard. The writer of Ecclesiastes is more of a small group leader. Um, small group leaders are people not like myself, and here's why I say that. A small group leader knows how to, how to help you. Somebody once told me this, is that um, you know, a, a person who works at a bank, is, their job is to make deposits all the time. You know? 
Uh, that's what teachers do. But, but small group leaders are really sort of spiritual midwives. They help you give birth to ideas that you believe were your own. Ecclesiastes is more the second than he is the first. He's there to simply stir some things up because he doesn't resolve the central questions of the book. But he's trying to get you churning and thinking about these things. And what I want to do in the last two weeks of this study through, through Ecclesiastes is to look at the, um, is to look at the, um, I think that's about to go away, <clears throat> is to look sort of at, at what our pleasures say about how we go to the culture around us with the truth of the gospel. Because there's no question that when it comes to skepticism in our world, knowing what to do with, again, I've been picking on bucket lists lately because I still want to do it. Um, and some of it has to do with sort of watching my aging uh, uh, parents, right? As I watch my parents age, I begin to realize either I believe that there's a whole nother world out there that resolves all of my hurts and introduces me to all of my dearly departed faithful uh, dead, <laughs> Or none of it's true. Like it's the most central thing that we do. And yet I watch people sort of, we're all facing this end that's out there waiting for us. And what do I do? Well, I want to make sure I get it all in before, before I kick the bucket. And the implication is because on the other side of the, de of the grave is nothing, right? Boring. Apparently I'm going to get a harp and a white robe, maybe some wings. It's all made up. Uh, and I'll sit there in forever and not do anything. Ecclesiastes, though, is trying to get a person who is skeptical about this life and getting sort of exhausted from this life to push those thoughts to their logical end so that we can begin to wrestle with it in different terms, okay? So next week, I want to start back over with sort of the way in which our culture apprehends these particular uh, 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 struggles in life, especially when it comes to pleasure and joy and uh, uh, satisfaction and thrills, okay? That's a good song, right? You, you all go look it up. You should, you should, should sort of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Shazam it with your phones afterwards. Any other thoughts before I introduce what we're going to do with our congregational meeting here today? Yes, what you got, Craig? I wrote down that I think we're supposed to write right. And knowing that moments are real. Her moment was real. Even though you feel a lot of longing in what she's doing, those moments are real. And what Ecclesiastes, I think you're right, is trying to rescue for us is, is, a, is a, it's a long time philosophical problem, by the way. Am I more a, a person of the moment or am I more a person in time? Do I, do I, and different of you are wired different ways. You, once you're in a moment, you're there, time has ceased to be there. Other people are kind of in the background being like, and, and we're not condescending to either. Both people are needed, right? What's the real essence? What's life really about? Am I more uh, an individual, individual character, or am I more a part of a body? Do I have individual needs or do I function as part of a body? Am I an isolated member of this family or am I more a part of the family? And only in Christianity do you have sort of this, this idea of a triune God who is both three persons in one essence. So unity and diversity exist in the same Godhead, but we don't know how to bring those two together. How do I live in the moment, but be smart about my future? How do I take joy in today, knowing that there's an end coming? 
I mean, that's a big deal. That's a big question. How can I enjoy anything when I know that there's an end coming, like a capital E end? Does that rob my present joys? Now, she's, she's gone to bed okay. She's discovered something because she's like, you know what? I'm okay, with, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with the contradiction. But I want to know how she resolved it. Because my premise is in Ecclesiastes, he's sort of pushing us to sort of resolve that in a way that only the Bible can. That's a great insight. Anything else? We got to go, don't we? I got one more minute for one more last thing. Whoop, say again. Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly right. Especially for we humans who the writer of Ecclesiastes is going to describe as living under the sun. There's lots of paradoxes. Things that look like they're in contradiction to each other, uh, but they're actually not. Because <laughs> he's placed eternity in our hearts. And that means that we live in time, but he lives in eternity. Those are going to be hard things to get together. It's going to be a real challenge. It will produce frustrations in us, but we'll survive it. Very well said, Lisa. Very well said.